Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Yes, sir, I am. Hello. Hello. So, Trevor, do you realise that last week was our episode 50 and we didn't even realise? <laughs> no, I didn't. Until well, until you told me about, you know, a day later. And it, a day after we actually recorded it. Yeah, we've done fifty. That's a nice, nice round, nice round number. Happy, happy fifty-one now. <laughs> and next week it'll be fifty-two, so that'll be one for every day of <laughs> one for every, every week. week of the year. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We've been doing it for slightly more than a year, but uh, because we were releasing fortnightly at the beginning, we didn't quite make it to fifty-two yet. But we're nearly there. So as long as we don't die this week or something ridiculous, we'll get there. <laughs> Let's hope we don't. All right. Do you want to explain click pitch to the fine folks at home? To the two listeners. Um, okay, so <laughs> click pitch is a game where we have a random word generator in front of us. We both click refresh on the count of three, two, one click. And then we mash those two words together and come up with a game design idea. Sometimes funny, sometimes interesting. Always, yeah. always good. Always fun. For us. I don't know about you guys. We we are fun. That's why we keep doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Shall we click? See what comes up. Three, two, one. Click. Shrug. Nonsense. Shrug nonsense. Uh. <laughs> okay. It's a translation game. Okay. Where it's sort of a multiplayer thing, but you can't chat. It might even just be part. Part of another game, I don't know, some sort of some sort of game where you can communicate with people, but uh, you don't have voice chat and you don't have text chat. All you have are emotes and mm-hmm. a way of, I don't know, sending sort of random syllables or noises or something. Or maybe maybe that's all you have. Maybe all you have is the random syllables and noises, and the only emote you have is a shrug. So <laughs> somehow these people, somehow these people have to figure out. How to turn that into a way to communicate when literally the only sort of response they can give to something is more gibberish or just go, oh. <laughs> and that's just the communications aspect of it. The rest of the time, yeah. it's just a wave shooter. Yeah, yeah. It's just a co-op wave shooter. But so you have to basically figure out over time that when your character yells out, gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> That means you're playing with uh, the whole la- turkeys. Large enemies coming from the west. <laughs> <laughs> like it's super serious. Otherwise, oh, but th- that's the thing. It c- it could be that you're trying to create almost like a a communication system between you. It doesn't. You could get into another game, and you know the gobble 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 could actually mean enemies coming from the east. So you always got to yeah, be yeah. thinking about who you're playing with. Yeah, that's it. It all depends on what you sort out that game. And to make it and to make it um, even harder, you, we we add new sounds over time and mix and match them out, and you get a random selection of sounds you can make every game. So your t- your team your team can't even say that gobble 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 always means enemies coming from the west because next game you don't even have gobble gobble gobble. You've only got and whoop and a few others fart sound. Um. <laughs> so what what's what's the sort of view for the wave shooter is it 
I'm thinking it's down. like a super serious, like Gears of War style horde mode kind of. Oh, yeah. Like, I love the idea of it being totally no nonsense, like super serious, takes itself seriously, vicious and bloody. But every time these things, these people open their mouths, just all that comes, comes out. Yeah. All that comes out is or whatever, like whatever the sounds are. They have to be, they have to be distinguishable. Now I'm just picturing that they're they're all doing like that scene from Bruce Bruce Almighty, you know where Steve Carell is going. Yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, we could even make it that we give them words in there as well, occasionally, like yep. sounds and words, but they're not any words that could make any sort of sentence. You just get like truck, pencil, <laughs> lamp. I love lamp. <laughs> yeah, I set you up for that one. I knew you were going to go there after the after the Steve Carell. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I like I like that idea. And yeah, just I mean, obviously, if someone is playing in the same room, then they messed it up. But that's always the way with any sort of shooter sort of thing. You always have the the advantage then. Yeah, definitely. Nobody, nobody, land, nobody does land parties anymore. Anyway, right? No. Um, the the electricity costs are too high. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, three to one quick. Extension. Meringue. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> so, I pictured a, a VR game. Yep. Where you've got, like, one of those baker's... You know the things the bakers like squirt stuff out of, like icing or cream or yep, 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 like, like the, the the bag with the corner cut off. Yeah, yeah, yep. But it's got like meringue mix in it, like egg white, sugar, all mm-hmm. nicely whipped, and you're somehow having to solve puzzles with, or like either that or you're creating like a platforming path for someone. I like the VR aspect because I feel like doing that in three D. In 3D in, space. In 3D space with your hand. Like, it's kind of like playing um, tilt brush. It's like yeah. doing tilt brush, right? You're sort of drawing through space, except that you have to do it- Like, you can't go too fast because you end up with a long, thin bit of meringue and it'll just, like, break off when they walk over it. So, like, if you do it slower, it, like, builds up a bit. Oh, what's even better is that you have you could actually have, you know, um, you're piping out the- um, Piping You're, pi- yeah, piping, you're piping out the meringue and then you've got a blowtorch to sort of just- Seal it? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, or maybe it's that I, I was thinking that you'd have hazards, like water hazards that would basically melt your meringue. Yep. I think maybe it like it it sets in a certain time period regardless, but you've got your blowtorch if you need to like do an emergency, <laughs> like fix something quickly or- Because, yeah, I'm basically sort of picturing it as one of these games where you're, you've got a little character that's just walking along the path by itself, like a fucking little Mr. Magoo or something. Or, or like a lemming that you know it's just going in one direction. Exactly, so, yeah. And it will follow the path through 3D space that you make with this meringue. Yeah, so don't do too big a step, otherwise it's just going to turn around again and, like... Yeah, maybe it'll just fall off and hurt itself or, I don't know, you, you could... I'm sure in this day and age we can have some more interesting physical uh, interactions than lemmings had. I'd love to see yep. it... I'd love to see it being, like, physically animated, like GTA Five style... 
<laughs> so that if you do make too big a step, it just it tries to get down but falls on its face and might go off the edge <laughs> if it can't get back up. So it's basically like a room scale game, but I'm I'm thinking you need it kind of small, but if your headset goes like through it, it actually breaks. I, I like the idea <laughs> okay. of so your headset is physically part of the world. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I feel like the setup to this is like you're a baker who's been transformed into the world of baked goods in some way. Um, and so it's this world full of bread mountains and, I don't know, fucking what would trees be in baked goods? Just baguettes? What's yeah. So, so you have like little, um, mini games in between in which you've got to build up a new batch of meringue and that gives you maybe some extra powers. You know, you put a little oh, okay. cement in there and you- Different things, cement in there. I think it still has to be edible, but maybe it's your mixture of sugar and egg and stuff can change or you can add different food colorings or different secret ingredients that can maybe, get, yeah, alter your mix properties. in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's really cool. I like that. What do you, What's the character like- What's the sort of story here? There's some sort of character in there that's trying to get through this world, and you, as basically the god of this place, as a baker, um, is well, trying to help it through. I don't want to complicate it too much. I'm I'm just seeing it as um, you're a you're an apprentice baker, okay, that's working a late shift at like I don't know a baker's delight sort of thing, and. <laughs> okay. Let's just go with a mum and pop bakery because we don't want to support the yeah. big corporations too much. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> corner corner store bakery. Yep. But but you find out the reason why this bakery is so is so popular is it's got you know little baking gnomes that come that come by and help out. Okay. But but one of them's been been injured and can't like his wings don't work anymore. So you've got to give him, you know, you've got to gradually help him get across across the room. Well, I think I think it's even I think it's more sinister than that. I think that there's some sort of evil force taking over the land of milk and flour. I don't know because <laughs> uh, I'm seeing it that that later you know the first level can be meringue and that sort of stuff, but then later on you can be doing you know sort of cake icing and different things with the piping bag. Yeah, well. yeah, okay, that's a good idea. So yeah, you could because the. The cake icing could be, and, and this is getting close to a bake, baked goods game we've done somewhat before, but it is nah, different enough, I think. It, it wasn't VR. <laughs> it wasn't VR, and you were playing the baked goods in this one, in that one. <laughs> yes. Um, but, like, the icing could be to, like, give a sticky surface to climb a wall or something. Yeah. And I like the idea of it. You've got, like, a holster of the different, like, piping things with different stuff in them. I know, like a bandolier or like a, a holster or yeah. something that you can grab your different ones by looking down and grabbing them. Oh, and, and kind of like, okay, I, I did, um, we got onto the steel bench and now he needs to get up this little area. Okay, I'll create little little handhelds so so he can um, yeah. do like a rock climbing thing up the- um, Oh, you've got like a little, uh, you've it, it's, just, it's a cake wall yep. and uh, you've got little like lollies or something like or like the little silver balls or something that you can just like press into it <laughs> for them to climb up. That's cool. Like, there's not there's not enough games that don't, just don't do, like, shooting stuff in VR. Because most of the time it's all shooting this... Oh, I know, know, yeah. We've talked about how you don't really like management games and stuff before, and this isn't that, but I really like the potential for that godlike view where you're building things and creating things as part yeah. of the game for VR because you've got that real sense of scale 
and and um, position in the world that you can just have this little world going on around you and you've got some control over it, you know? Yeah. And it'd actually be cool to sort of have like a fantastic contraption sort of building thing that you could then, you know, put some of these contraptions into into the into the world into yeah. the world and just yeah. let, them, I think, let them go i think that's a different game but i like i know what you mean i don't yeah. think that would go in the bakery game no. but it would be cool to create a game where you're yeah making these little contraptions and then you can sort of it's like winding up a car and then you just set it down and, and whatever you've built kind of goes, goes. off and, and does its thing yeah but yeah I'm, I'm i'm picturing that maybe one of the baking gnomes has actually gone rogue Oh, okay. In their baking game, and you know they've started eat, they've started uh, taking from their own supply and like eating all the meringue, and they've grown huge and fat. Yeah, and and maybe they've they've decided that they want to support the corporations. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you go. That's a, there's a whole analogy there between uh, a whole metaphor there of exactly three, cool. two, one, click. All right. <laughs> the hell is that word? You tell me. Festoon. That's to, like, decorate. It's a verb, I think, to decorate. A chain or garland of flowers, leaves, or ribbons hung in a curve as a decoration. Adorn a place with chains, garlands, or other decorations. Yeah, I was thinking of the verb, to adorn something with decorations. Um, My word is or, as in O-A-R. Okay. (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, okay, I've got it. I've got something here. You play a fish. <laughs> okay, yep. And you've got a little house under the sea with mm-hmm. blank walls. <laughs> and every fisherman that you take out, <laughs> you, you take one of his oars as a trophy <laughs> yep. and put it up on your wall. Yep. Festoon your wall with their oars. So that's the basic. That's the basic premise. Is you're a that's fish. That's the basic pre- premise is that you're a fish fisherman. Of a fisherman. How about rather than because fish, I'm I see immediately is small, and then I go, how big is this bloody house underwater? How about it's like a swamp monster sort of thing? Okay, okay, but it starts off young and weak. It starts off young be, and weak. Yeah, it's got to be some progression there. So you've got the underwater stealth mechanics sort of thing. So. So you can, you know, sort of sneak up on these, these fishermen. You only want to, um, you only want to take out, you know, the, the drunk fishermen at night at first. Yeah. Initially, of course. Yeah. And then later on, you, you're happy to, you know, run into the tinny sort of boats and, and yep. capsize them and, and, you know, kill the, kill the two fishermen there. Yep. Is it not just ores that you can you can collect? You can collect some other things as well. Um, well, so I'm not sure how I want to go with this because I was kind of thinking. Initially, I was thinking maybe you make it that the, there's just there's actually a limited number of fishermen, and it's it's almost like a bit of a boss fight or a each fisherman themselves are a mission, and they have particular ores. That are that are unique to them, <laughs> so that you know you can see up on your wall. It's like, oh, that was the one that they had the ore with, like the red flames pointed alongside it, because they're a real like you know rev head Hot or something. Head. Yeah, so you could do it that way, but I think it would also be fun to just have more of like an open worldish sort of thing where you've got this whole huge lake that you can go around in, and and like you know the different fishermen go to different 
areas and stuff at different times. So you've got a bit more choice in who to attack when. But then that would be a bit more of just a collection. Yep. Like, obviously, not all of them are going to have their own unique ores. Maybe you could do a combination of both. Maybe you could have the sort of open world, uh, but you know that there are these, like, 10 special, like, elite fishermen or something that are basically the bosses, and they're the ones that you collect the ores from. <laughs> for the for the rest of the rest of the time, you've got like kids swimming in the lake that you can sort of go and yeah. Well, you could have all sort you could have all sorts of interesting things because like yeah, if you go, you could go during the day when the kids are swimming in the lake and I don't know snack on a kid or two, but but you're gonna like raise the alarm. raise the profile of of the of the lake. Yeah, they're going to know that something's in there. They're going to start posting more security around and people are going to start, like, they're going to start trawling the lake for these missing kids. <laughs> it's going to be a lot harder to hide. You know, you, you've, you've always got, you know, the, the two teenagers that have gone off for a skinny dip. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you can actually- see they, you know, they didn't tell anyone where they were going. So you, you can take, you can them, take out. them out and then take their clothes and they, they become some of, some of the things that you can adorn your, um, right, your right. house with. But yep. what you really want is the, are those are those prize fishermen sort of oars. Yeah, absolutely, because they're the ones who are a challenge, right? Like, yeah, they 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 sort of know what they what they're doing. They're they're looking to catch something. Yeah. So so what sort of let's let's go a bit deeper into the gameplay mechanics on these because I really like the setting and I feel like it reminds me a little bit of that um, Jaws game that was on the original Xbox, but. I don't bit, remember that one. A bit more strategic and stuff. So, I mean, obviously, one thing you could do is just, like, leap out of the water and pull them out of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that works for the, the you know, the drunks. But they're also going to know you're there and are going to start getting away from you. Or, you know, if they're a bit more sober and have weapons and things, they might start shooting or attacking you in some way if you miss them. I think maybe you can do a one-hit kill, but you have to, like, get the angle just right and aim it so you literally just, like, jump over the boat, grab them in your mouth. I don't, I can't even think what you look like. I'm kind of thinking of, like, a seaweed-ish coloured covered swamp monster yep. with, like, lots of tendrils and things. Yeah, and I'm also seeing some sort of, like, fins on the side of his neck and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, one of the, one of the things that I'd like to sort of bring in is... What I like about like the Nemesis system from from mm. Shadow of Mordor is yep. that each each fisherman will have like a a strength that you know he's really really good at and a weakness. Yeah. So yep. one of them may be um maybe really really weak if you if you knock him in the water. Yeah. But, okay. But another one may be an maybe an Olympic swimmer and is actually. Absolutely amazing if you knock him right. in the water. Right. If you so, knock him in the water, they're just going to either get away from you really quickly or go and hide and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. And yeah, you can have different techniques for knocking their boats over. Obviously, it'll depend on the type of boat. If they're in a fucking yacht or something, that's going to be more difficult. But if they're in yeah. a little dinghy, then it might be a bit easier. I, I like the idea of, you know, one that's actually is weak to like children. So if you're if you're able to if you're able to like throw, throw kids at him, <laughs> well, I was th I was thinking is like if they're in danger or something. Yeah, if they're in danger, so therefore he's he's focused on that because he's right. You can just sort of distract him or or lure him away. 
into an area where he might be easier to take down. Another one is like scared of horror movies, so you can you can do some horror movie trope sort of things for, <laughs> for him. Right, you'd like do a splash splashing on one side of the boat while he's looking the other way, and then nothing's there. So yep. he's fear me to go up and up. <laughs> and, and and you know you can you can make the. <laughs> just got a button for making scary sounds. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of like that. Or, or maybe you have to like somehow cause static on his on on a walkie-talkie. That means that he can't actually use the walkie-talkie to to sing out, and that's that's a typical horror movie, right? Right. Sort of thing. Or you can like knock it in the water or something. Yeah, like you and just bu- you just bump the boat. Out. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of I'm picturing this as having really nice physics with the water and stuff. Yep. So you can even like one of the strategies you could do is like knock something in the water to make a large wave or something. So, you know, the, you you could potentially capsize a boat, a, a small boat, by doing that without them having seen you, and then just pick them off while they're floating in the water. You can sort of bring their attention to the to the front of the boat by like tugging on their um like their, line. On their fishing line. Yeah, and then you quickly sneak around to the back and you um. Like somehow just bump sab- the bottom of the yeah. No, I'm thinking you, oh. you somehow sabotaged like the um the motor at the, the back. Motor. So yeah, that- that's a good point. So they're trapped then, they can't they can't get away. Yeah. As quick as quickly. As quickly. So They've then- still got the oars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And pretty much you you've got the you've got the quick kill sort of thing. Maybe maybe one is specifically afraid of fire. So you gotta somehow you know, set the whole boat on fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, it could just also be if they, like, depending on the type of boat they're in, like, if they are in a larger boat, like a yacht or something, like, they might have fire extinguishers or or, or even just yep. buckets to think to, like, put it out. But, yeah, if they're scared of fire, they're going to freak out and not put it out um, and, and maybe burn to death. What I kind of like the idea of is that you could maybe have stolen a flare gun from a previous a previous one. You get him to knock over the whiskey that he's got in his car. Then you're on the <laughs> bank of the water, uh, b- bank of the river or lake or whatever, and you happen to fire the flare gun directly into the boat. And you see well, the I thing f- just light <laughs> up on fire. I feel like as a, I feel like you're literally just an, aqu- an aquatic monster. Like I don't think you should actually ever get to go out on land. Oh, I like the idea of being able to go out on land, but um, you've you've got a limited time that you can spend out on land. Mm, maybe you know, I feel like, like you'd have pretty limited mobility as well. Like you can just you can yeah. flop around and maybe crawl a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah, you've I, got. I, I don't think you've got like opposable thumbs. Yeah, but I brought up the idea about you know getting their clothes off the um off the bank of the. Yeah, but you could just like lake them or whatever. something, or push them in. <laughs> They're close. They're nearby. They they could be hanging over trees. Yeah, well, then you have to jump. Again, I like the idea. like Dolphin I, jump, you know. Well, yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you're one of these, like, aquatic creatures that can jump pretty high out of the water. You know, think of the, like, majestic shots of sharks jumping out of the water, grabbing fucking seagulls out of the sky or something, you know. <laughs> this, this, this game is going to have a really awesome photo mode where you can- you know, like a lot of recent games, you can pause the action, rotate around, pick a good shot with the sun behind you, and it's just this vicious. You, you're going up, and you just tendrilled sea creature with its its head, like its big toothed mouth wide open, about to chomp down on a guy's head, and his face just like in utter fear. But he's got an oar in his hand. Perfectly <laughs> rendered. He's got an oar in his hand. Yeah, 
And so you catch capture that as well. It's like that's your, that's that's going to be your trophy in a second. So I like the idea of if you happen to say take the hand of one of the um one of the fishermen, he comes back with like a hook later on, and you know there's <laughs> there's sort of like whatever you happen to do these these ten fishermen if they get away they come back at you with with whatever disfigurement okay. they've now got. I like that idea. I also like that if you're precise enough, you can end up basically with that old fisherman from Family Guy where all of his limbs are pegs, <laughs> but he just keeps coming back. Like, he's come back. This is the fifth time. This is the fifth time, and you've managed to take a limb every time. I, I also like the idea that if you if he comes back with a peg arm and then you take that peg arm, next time he's got, like, a stronger peg, peg arm. <laughs> no, it's well, you got two pig arms on the one arm. No, it's like oh, it's wow. made out of it's made out of steel or something, and then you take that one and he's got a fucking like mech robot arm or something. Like every time he just he's upgrading because he's like, Well, that one wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. But it's getting that- harder and harder because now, you know, oh this latest arm has got sonar. God damn it. Well yeah, they could come back with better boats and stuff too. Yeah. I really like it. That's cool. I, like I really lot. want to fucking play that game. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Basically like Eco the Dolphin, but on steroids. <laughs> but you're killing people. Three to one click. Skin flint. Taste. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, skin flint doesn't mean like skin. It's like miserly. Someone who doesn't spend money. Okay, so it's it's a game about you're someone who who does who doesn't want to spend any money. Yeah. But but you're you're also got a taste for fine dining. So it's it's a game about trying to sneak yourself into a um fine dining restaurant but mm. then getting out without having to pay the bill. Okay. So it's like a dine and dash simulator. <laughs> Pretty much. But the sort of high high end sort of stuff that you're trying to order is, you know, your truffles and all this sort of stuff that's... Expensive that's wine sort of get, and... Get you noticed because you're ordering all this high-taste high, high taste stuff. Okay. So, they're going to notice when you're not there. So, so, what is the gameplay? Is it about... Is it just about the escape? Is it kind of a risk-reward risk thing of, like, you get to select from the menu what you're going to eat? Yep. And the more you spend, the harder it's going to be to get out of there. The the more that you, you make yourself noticed. So, it's sort of like a, a game where you'll be choosing from the menu. menu you'll um, have to decide whether you send food back if there's something wrong with it. Okay. What well, what's the like? What's the consequence if you don't send the food back? You just you your won't have as satisfying a meal. Yeah. Okay. Your satisfaction level will be down, All and right, so that's kind of your points. Yeah. Right. You so, scored on how satisfying your meal is, but only but you only get points if you get away. Yep. All right. Or if so you make someone to- else buy it. If you what? Sorry. <laughs> you. If you happen to make someone else buy it for you, then that's, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of, so how does this like what I'm trying to figure out is what sort of tools what sort of tools are at your disposal? Do you have like fucking smoke bombs? <laughs> you well, can just try well, to like I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking you can actually sort of like case the joint out during the meal. 
So yeah. if you go to the bathroom, you can sort of make note of, okay, there's, there's actually a window that isn't barred in here that I could actually get out of. Okay. And, and so you can sort of. So is this a, like, are you picturing kind of a hitman style cadence to it? Like walking around, observing things, trying to act normal and maybe setting, basically setting things up for your escape. And and every restaurant's different. So yeah, like yep. there is a there's a window in the bathroom that doesn't have bars on it, but there's a bathroom attendant. So you have to You have take to a, like take a giant dump in the women's bathroom <laughs> so they have to get people I was, into help. I was actually thinking, rather than a giant dump in there, just taking a roll of toilet paper and just shoving it down, hitting the flush button and then right. you know, sort of just, just to distract walking them. out. Yeah. You know, letting the attendant know, oh, look, there's there's something happening in the other room. But one of the, one of the backups to that could be, okay, I'll just call the janitor. He pulls out a walkie-talkie and just calls it calls the janitor. Right. And he's like, okay, that that's not going to work for this one. Right, right. And obviously, yeah, okay. you've now you've now talked to this guy, so you can't just knock him out. Well, is that an option? Violence. I, I, I think violence is always an option. <laughs> Says a lot but, about you, Trevor. <laughs> but um, it it really it really. There, I think there has to be a disincentive to violence. I think it, I think it needs to be more about setting it up in a way to get out clean. I, I um, think maybe violence think leaves got, a bad taste in your mouth. Oh yes, yes, and you've got guilt. You know, I, I think it could be a good idea to have a little bit of conscience in in this game. Okay, so that you'll only go so far. These people have. You know, you know the restaurants have tons of money. They can afford to give you a little food without you paying. But anything more criminal than that, you don't feel real good about. Yeah, it's sort of like the rush is getting out without paying. Yeah. The rush isn't killing, you know, 13 people in the in the <laughs> restaurant just so that you didn't leave a witness. <laughs> but that is an option. Well, and it could also be that just like it's going to make – if maybe you've got – and we're adding in a lot of different meters here, but maybe you've got like a heat level. So, the more violence you do in getting out, like, they start locking down all the fine dining restaurants because they sense a pattern. <laughs> and so, when you go to your next one, there's more security, there's cameras. Oh, and that, that's the thing. You can, you can always add, like, they can always add, like, cameras to, to this place. Because I'm, I'm picturing in this, in this particular city, there's maybe 15 different restaurants. Oh, at but least, If they yeah. start noticing that these 15 different restaurants... Uh, Thirteen of the four of the fifteen have been um, hit <laughs> by this um, severe by this dine and dashes dash. where someone came in, ordered seven lobsters, and then didn't pay. Yeah, and took off with a thousand dollar bottle of wine, <laughs> smashed it over the head of the bathroom attendant. <laughs> <laughs> we we found the one thousand dollar bottle of wine shoved down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. It's kind of like a. I mean, it is it is Hitman esque in its in its way, but it's less about the violence and more just about the escape. It's sort of a heist game, but you're not like you're sort of stealing things out in the open and then just trying to get away with it. Yeah, and yeah, you could you could theme you could theme each level somewhat around the rest, like the type of restaurant and the, and you know obviously that affects the types of food you can buy. But maybe you can use certain food items to to do certain things as well. I'm now picturing that you can like bribe the busboy. To basically get you get you a uniform that you mm. then put on, and you go through the kitchen, and you can get out through through there, basically, yep. just yep. as the as the busboy or whatever. Yeah, 
Or another option for that level could be like starting a fire in the kitchen, like not a huge fire, but again, a distraction fire that fills it up with smoke and yep, takes and takes people's attention and you can just walk out the, the back door. You can you can like set a set a small fire in a waste paper basket in the in the ladies' in the toilets and Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the mate of D who go who runs off that way and you just sort of sneak out and Yeah. But with all these different things, you gotta you gotta wonder whether these people actually were, were able to recognise you. Whether well, you, that's um, it. So you do have to be aware of the cameras in the in the real high end places because again, that'll raise your heat level. If they are able to go back, look over the tapes, and see, oh, that's that person. Like over time, they're going to know who you are. Um, I also like the idea of you can maybe only do this once, but. You bring in a notepad and pose as a food critic, and they just give you the food for free <laughs> to try to get a better review. But they figure it out once they once no review comes out. <laughs> but again, you can only do that if your heat level's low enough, right? Because yep. otherwise, they're going to recognise you. Maybe you have to get disguises later on as well. It's the only way if you do have a high heat level that you can even get into the restaurants in the first place. All right, I think we should click again. That's cool, though. I like I like the stuff that we did. We don't click. Goat. Camping. <laughs> okay. Okay, so my mind has gone to... Mm-hmm. It's a first-person shooter <laughs> okay. where everyone plays goats and you've got annoying spawn campers. That's just where my mind went to. I'm just picturing goats <laughs> camping around spawn, you know, the spawns basically trying to trying to destroy everyone. Okay. So, it's a goat, a first person a first goat shooter yep do you have guns or do you just like butt into people i'm thinking that you just butt into people god that's gonna be disconcerting in uh in first person but anyway <laughs> you know what i'm talking what i'm talking about though like if, if everyone was playing a goat yes and that was just sort of a king of the hi- uh, king of the hill sort of situation right okay Okay, so you're just sort of trying to... Okay, so it's like a King of the Hill sort of thing. You're all trying to stay close to the garbage can and keep that territory to yourself. But the only way you can... The only attack you've got is to, like, butt people out and away. Yep. Can you kill them then? You must have to, because they if you spawn camping, yeah. then there's respawning. <laughs> yeah, there's respawning. I, I like the idea of being able to, you know, get get a really long run up. Yeah, and you'll you do know. more damage and and hit them further away. Yeah, okay. I do like the idea of this being on a lot of like high ledges, like they're mountain goats, <laughs> right? There's like a lot of high, oh, thin yeah. ledges, and so a lot of the strategy is, is actually about butting people off the butt, or butting goats with off. an e, but with an e. That was a pun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but butting goats off of these ledges and things. I feel like that. Yeah, that could be cool. Like really, sort of frantic. You know, yep. you die. You end up dying a lot, and you're just trying to hold that place at the top uh, without getting knocked off. So you got you got some pretty awesome climbing mechanics. I'm thinking maybe not first person. Then maybe you know, sort of like your third person, sort of behind. Yeah, behind. Yeah, you. I guess I guess that's probably better for that sort of game. Although I was kind of liking the challenge of it being first person. But the jumping, I think the jumping would be, it's not like full on platform jumping. It's more like when you need to do a jump, you kind of, you've got a little indicator that's here's where you're going to land. Yeah. 
but that means you have to stand still for a moment to like plan out your jump, and in that time, someone could come and knock you off. If you if you've played um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds at all, there's now first person servers and third person servers. Yeah. So okay, um, so maybe could, we can you do could both. have you could have both. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of there being literally no no weapons. It's all melee, but yeah. The the faster that you're sort of moving, the better, the better the sort of um, headbutt's going to actually be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I also <laughs> I like there's an added challenge in um, first person that you have to put your head down to butt, <laughs> but <laughs> then you're then you're facing the ground. So it's a it's a strategy of like lining up your butt. You can obviously be running towards them, but you have to make sure your head's down when you hit them. Otherwise, you like break your neck on them or something. <laughs> or or maybe you just don't get as you know a very good butt. But <laughs> but yeah, like obviously, if you put your head down too early, then you they might miss s- them completely. Like they yep. can get out of the way. Uh, uh, but I I also I keep saying I keep saying butt as in but. But of course, we're talking about a game with butting, and also you're on a butte. <laughs> <laughs> I think putting your head down makes you move faster as well. So there's there's a reason that you might want to put your head down earlier to get more to speed, to get a little bit more streamlined. And yeah, exactly. But if they uh, if they move, then you could just go right off the butte, right off the edge of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, because then you, it's like takes longer to slow down as well, right? I'm just picturing there's going to be some some awesome like footage of someone just making that final jump up to the butte, and it's like gone. <laughs> just just as they're doing. Oh yeah, that final- like right as they get on that. Yeah, that final jump. Well, that's it. Like, yeah, you can definitely knock people out of the air and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of a game like that before. But- <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing it. It's really funny. Yeah, that's cool. It- it's sort of using some of the um, stuff from, uh, what was that? Oh, crap. What was the goat game? Oh, yeah. That, um, um, goat Simulator. Yep. Yeah. I just I just want to correct myself. Apparently, it's pronounced Butte. Butte. No. Yeah. That would have been easier oh, well. to differentiate what I was talking about. I'm going to go back, and every time I say but when I meant Butte, I'm going to overdub it. Yeah, but I also said but. <laughs> I'll overdub right you end. too. All right, three to one click. Bake. Knacker. Jesus. You are getting weird words today. So, a knacker is like- A person whose business is in the disposal of dead or unwanted animals, especially those whose flesh is not fit for human consumption. <laughs> oh. Why did I think it was about, like, castration? Like, castrating? Vulgar, vulgar slang testicles? Yeah, I knew it was- no. Or to tire someone out to knack, be knackered, as is often used here in Australia. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep those in mind, and we'll figure out which one we're gonna go with. My word was bake. Mm-hmm. Are you baking <laughs> dead or unwanted animals <laughs> into pies? I, I I think I think what what you may be doing is is you go round sort of cleaning up roadkill. Yeah, and collecting it and selling it to like a local bakehouse. <laughs> right. So there's a there's a an, an element of Sweeney Todd in here, like baking these dead animals into pies, yep. and selling them to the rich. 
Yeah. So I like, I like the idea that you, that you sort of, it's in present day though. So you, you're going along yeah, the highway yeah, yeah. and you, you, you see like a squashed, a squashed bird. And so you sort of pick it up with, the, with your shovel your, and shovel. Put it in, in your sack. Put it in your sack. And it's all about, you know, how, how quick you can, you can get some of these animals after they've been, after they've been hit. Yeah. Like how fresh they are. Yeah. They'll make higher quality food. High quality pie. Okay, so the gameplay, obviously, there's the scavenging <laughs> element. Yes. How does that, like, what are the sort of strategies around that? Is that, obviously, if you're maybe near a highway, there's going to be less wild animals, but more cars, uh, like a busy highway. But yep. if you're on more of a rural rural road, you might get, like, a fox or a skunk. But Yes. But there's not as many cars, so, like... Yeah, and obviously there's there's going to be some each day that have just been killed while you weren't there. Like there's at in varying various stages of decomposition. Oh, and you, you're also going to have to go up against you know the devious fox who's also going around trying to trying to like get a get a quick meal himself. So okay. if if you happen to turn up turn up at a, at a roadkill site, yeah. You might have to scare late. off the fox you, first somehow. You, your fox may already be there and it's like, damn it, he got all the best meat. And so you're just left with, you know, the really, really unwanted stuff. Right, right. And so you're not going to get as much money for your pies. Yes. So are we doing sort of the selling aspect as well? Do you have to like set prices and like, is there some sort of cooking mini game? <laughs> uh, cooking and cleaning maybe. Um it may be easier to sell it as minced meat, so you know you sort of um, have to take it back and do some sort of cleaning mini games that then you grind it all down into pick out into, all the maggots. You know, yep, <laughs> 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 take, take it down into like mystery meat and pack it. At- yeah, if if it's got too obvious of a tire mark on it, then you know you can't present it in any real fashion. You just have to well, mince it, you, mince it you, up. You can't sell it to. You know the 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 bigger corporations. You have to sell it to like the dodgy places, the the really dodgy place just down the road. Yeah, yeah. And mum and pops. The whole idea is to try and sell to them, and maybe maybe that's what causes the the gnome to go a little bit crazy. He's been eating all the pies. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out where the gnome came from. I'd forgotten about our first game. All right. I think I think let's click again. I think we've yeah. squished all the. Goodness out of that one. All the, All the meat. Good juicy maggots out of that one. Okay, yep. three to one click. Delay. Convulsion. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, like, maybe something around electricity. Maybe it's a puzzle game. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Okay, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> so, you, you, you play a woman. Okay. Who's delaying her orgasm? <laughs> I don't know. I like when this is going. <laughs> okay, what are the mechanics, Trevor? <laughs> I came up with the idea you helped with the mechanics. <laughs> uh, I think that one's going in the. Not safe to uh, publish folder. Yeah. All right, let's click again. I think. Three to one click. Porn. 
What? Porn. P-A-W-N? Yes. Small. Okay. Porn and small. So, in this game, you're part of the world of chess. Okay, okay. So, you're you're the smallest of the pawns. Okay. But it's not an actual, like, it's not a chessboard as such. Yeah. You're actually, you know, this fully realized world. Yeah, like, of- this is where all the chess pieces live when they're not part of a chess game. Yeah. And so, your journey is to go from pawn to become a queen. Okay. That's cool. I feel like this is like a fucking Pixar movie. All right. Hmm. So- all right. One of the one of the coolest things about a pawn is if you get to the other side, you can become right. any piece that you want. Okay, so, so you're traveling. So you've heard the myth because obviously, when you're part of a chess game, like yes, getting to the other side means you become a queen. But really, they just take your piece off the board. They put an actual queen piece on. Like it's kind yeah. of it's kind of a metaphor. Well, or or the myth is that it's a, it's a metaphor for the real world. That if you actually travel from one end of chess world to the other as a pawn, you will become a queen. Mm. And so the the game is that journey. Yep. So I'm seeing it as sort of a, a an adventure game sort of thing where you're this young female pawn who's heard the myths of of like the current queen was actually it was was once a pawn as well. Right, right. Of course, because so, there's only wait is there only one? Is she being played in all the chess games? Because are there literally, are there only 16 people in this world? Um, or are this on this side of the world? I, I'm, I'm seeing it that within, within this world, the 16 that sort of go, go off to battle, are, are, you know, the, um, they're, they're the main Right, they're, they're like the, the chosen. Okay. But there are other pawns. There are other knights. Who haven't been chosen. Who haven't been yeah. chosen. But there's only one king and one king queen. King and queen. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. That's cool. Yeah. And, and so maybe you've got like this this battle of one of the bishops or one of the knights is is sort of you feel like they're they're sort of causing causing grief mm. for for your side. And, you know, we don't have to play with real chess rules or anything like that. No, but there'll obviously there'll be a bunch of in jokes and stuff. Around the rules of chess. Oh yeah, and, and you know the the knight kind of moves funny. The knight, the knight for every two steps he takes forward, he has to take one to the left or the right. Yeah. <laughs> so he moves in this kind of like it's literally just a person, like person shaped, but he like takes two steps forward, one step to the left, two steps forward, one step yeah. to the right. I'm actually seeing it that the um that the bishop's kind of drunk and that's why he's dr- walking <laughs> off on, on yes. sort of diagonals and stuff. Yes, um, yes, and yeah. Okay, so I kind of like this idea that you put together a ragtag bunch of chess pieces, like a knight, a bishop, a couple of rooks, whatever they are in chess world. Well, that's what I was about to about to say. They they kind of like. Um, I'm seeing it as like a tower on a wagon sort of thing that you can only sort of move forward and then you can turn them and then you can move them, move them across, but you just can't quite, quite go in the diagonals or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we need to obviously hone too closely to the chess rules yeah. with every piece of movement, but, no. um, but yeah, like, 
you can we can sort of design them around those ideas of how they might move. Yeah, I'm also not thinking that you have to finally play a game of chess and win that game of chess. It's it's more the the adventure that happens alongside. Oh, of course, it. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this world, like the rules of chess are literally only played by those those sixteen. Who who disappear from this world and go off into the the human world, but but maybe that that's the thing. You're you're the you're the son of no, not the son. You're the daughter of um of like an existing pawn in the pawn, in the army. pawn number six. Yeah, yeah. And your father never never had a son, so therefore you're the um you're the you're the one who has to take his place when, right. when he gets taken. Can you uh, maybe you team up with like a black pawn as well? You're playing a white pawn, yep. or, vi- or vice versa. Either one. There's not enough people of color in its main characters. Let's make it that you're playing a black pawn. <laughs> you team up with a white pawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of like the idea of it just being a. You know, a sprawling adventure within the within the yeah, world. Yeah, totally. I don't know if it's chess. if it's like a point and click or kind of a third persony, like like almost a, almost an RPG or not. I'm kind of seeing it as as like a mixture of both. Yeah, you know, it's it's sort of like you you want your father or your mother telling you stories of of previous chess battles that have that have oh, gone yeah. down. I think and, it's going to be very story driven, obviously, yep. and dialogue driven. It's I guess it's just like. What what are the main mechanics? Is it just puzzle solving based on dialogue in, in like, I mean, inventory puzzles, or is it is there any sort of combat? Is there is it sort of is there platforming sort of stuff? Like, where is the challenge coming from? I guess. Um, I, I like the idea of it being puzzle based because yeah. I mean, really, chess is a puzzle puzzle game. So to to have any any sort of combat being strategic. From, from yeah, I don't think there of- should be combat. I don't. I, I was just throwing yeah. that out there. I do like the idea of hearing battle stories from like the older chess pieces, and it's just like, and then he sent B six to C twelve or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was that- thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> that's and the it's whole like, way they talk about wow, it. Wow, that's the best move ever. Yeah. It was like <laughs> it was it was it was traumatic though. Like <laughs> you wouldn't. I would never wish that upon you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, pawn seven got taken out by this by this crazy but queen, this, and yeah. it's like you just you see her come through and just slice this guy's head off. Yeah. And sort of like, so are all these people are they like humanoid? Yes, but I think they've got they've sort of got the features of of the, okay. of the typical thing. So like okay, a helmet. So all the pawns have very like round helmets or heads. Yeah, and sort of flared and flared. Um, flared co- coats, either coats or collars. You know, big flared collars. Yeah, you know, sort of. The bishop obviously that. has the pointy hat anyway, because that's like the way it's modelled. Yep. But it's sort of got a chunk taken out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the knights are literally, you know, sort of on horseback and all this sort of stuff. Well, that's going to make the movement pretty funny. Then is it the horse that's taking two steps forward and one to the left, <laughs> or is it only when they get off the horse? <laughs> Maybe it's only when they get off the horse, yeah. like. I, I kind of like the idea that the um the king is has eaten so much food that he can barely move. He sort of moves right. and he goes. That's why he can only move one at a time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the queen's just this like total badass ninja. Oh hell yeah! Just move in any direction as far as she wants, super quick. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing it as like this this amazing sort of adventure 
adventure game telling story sort of not within the confines of chess, but just No, with but with, basically, with basically basing the it. character Yeah. I mean it is. It's yeah. in the world of it's in the world of chess. It's, it's this imaginary world of chess pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. That's it's really cool. So uh, we should finish up, but my only my only thing is like what sort of people do you meet along the way? Are they all chess pieces? I just worry that that would get a bit tedious. No, I'm 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 seeing it that you could actually see because oh. it's in the public domain some characters from like Alice in Wonderland and that sort of stuff. Because well, like, no, they no, did, no. They I did think use chess chess in oh, that sort of maybe um, maybe but through through the looking glass. So I was thinking. You could, you could see like maybe, maybe a reference or two, but maybe. Well, not what about if you meet other? What if, about if you meet other people from other board games? Okay, so like you, like the Monopoly around, guy. You, yep, you see the Monopoly guy, and you see like the thimble sort of going down the street, and then I don't know you, you see a Munchkin. <laughs> yeah, porn. I feel like um, we probably need to stick to. You see, like a family of those little pinhead, like from the Game of Life. Just what was just like <laughs> bouncing down the street. I feel like you want to go with like all the classic, the classic games. Um, in in one part you gotta you gotta go through snakes and ladders land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> oh no, this was this is shoots and ladders. Oh, and you just, <laughs> just <laughs> it just changes. There's <laughs> <laughs> the operation guy with all his bits falling out. <laughs> <laughs> that that could that could actually be kind of cool. It's sort of like. Just part of the journey that, rather rather than going going through the battlefield, she um she takes a detour off to the side that that takes her into into other into different other board game, game worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, each each game has its own its own land. I like it. That's I like cool. It a lot. Yeah, that's fun. All right, so I think we're going to finish up our episode there, episode episode fifty one of Bitstorm. Mm-hmm. If you want to find us online, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BitStormCast. We have a Facebook group. I don't know why I'm bothering to mention this because I keep forgetting to put up listener click pictures, but facebook.com slash group slash BitStorm. We're also on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash BitStorm. You can check us out on iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us there. We have a website, BitStormCast.com. We'd like to thank all the lovely people over at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. We'd also like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. And I'd like to give a small little plug for our YouTube channel. We decided to put out a very special video that may very well become a video series that is once every month or so. Yeah, hopefully um, we'll see when we get time. What, what's the, um, what's the YouTube channel? Just bit uh, I think it is just... Bitstorm. Or you can search for Point Click Repeat. Yes. That's our new web series that we hope to continue. You can go to youtube.com slash channel slash capital U, capital C, lowercase <laughs> DK1, capital T. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> anyway, search for Bitstorm. We're about like the fifth or sixth one down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then check out Point Click Repeat, where I play... Space Quest won really, really badly, and Ben berates me for it for about fourteen minutes. Yeah, good stuff. We had a lot of fun, and we're gonna we're gonna do Space Quest two next. We're gonna go through the whole series, and then we'll choose choose some other classic adventure games from our childhood to to play through. 
Not necessarily classic. I mean, if Thimbleweed Park comes up, guess what? We're playing that again. It's a classic already. It's an instant classic. <laughs> it is. Instant classic. And I'm still a child at heart. Uh, anyway. Yes. Thank you again for joining us on BitStorm this week. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Morang. <laughs> <laughs> 